Hello and welcome to the third episode of Holy Habits, a podcast from St. John's Lafayette Square, journeying through Advent and Christmas. I'm your host, the Reverend Savannah Ponder. In these conversations, we explore the disciplines we need to live our faith here and now. This is an exploration into the shape of a life well lived, that is a life oriented to receiving the gift of belonging to God. Today, I'm with Tom Sinclair, a parishioner, postulant for the diaconate, and a leader of our Wednesday morning centering prayer group. Tom is here to talk with us about a way of being present that is both very ancient and very new, centering prayer. I once was asked, will I see you at centering prayer tomorrow? To which I responded, you will never see me praying at that early of an hour. (laughs) Welcome, Tom. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Savannah. Good to be here. As a way of beginning today, would you share an image of God that's resonating with you most right now? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure if it's an image or perhaps a a feeling, um, but right now I feel that God is abiding with us um, as God has done with humans um, throughout our history. I feel like God is here with us in this terrible time of unknowing um, in this time of pandemic and political turmoil, um, and that God is here with us, but sometimes we have to stop and just be with God. God is abiding with us, and there's also this sort of um, hiddenness uh, if, if we're not able to recognize where God is. Absolutely, yes, and sometimes we have to stop and, and, and feel God more than anything. Feel, yeah. What a great, what a great word. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. So how does that connect to um, centering prayer, what you're coming to talk to us about today? Yeah. Yeah. So centering prayer is is about that, right? It's about stopping and feeling God. It's about 20 minutes of silent prayer is the basic component. Um, and it's where we come before God um, and come to be with God in silence. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so f- for us in our modern mind, knowing is very important, right? And when it comes to God and prayer, we talk about um, cataphatic knowing. Um, and it's the way of knowing God through prayer and images and words. And centering prayer is something different. Um, it's knowing that you don't always know, and it's this mm-hmm. uh, apophatic knowing or this knowing through silence or symbols um, and beyond words. Um, So centering prayer is a type of apophatic knowing and it's looking at the the empty space around the words and allowing God to fill in those those gaps. So it's a shift in the way that we know God, the way that we experience God, not in just terms of um, the way we can talk about God, what we know of God, but also um, this different kind of knowing where we know God in the empty space. Um, it strikes me that that, um, that scares me a little bit because it, it seems to take uh, a, a bit of humility um, and, and, a, and kind of a risk, right? Like what if, I don't know what's, what's out there in that empty space. Yeah, yeah. 
I, yeah, ab ab absolutely. Right. You make yourself vulnerable when you do that mm -hmm. and, um, and you open up to, to sort of whatever comes up, whatever God is guiding you to. Right. But don't be too afraid. We, you know, humans have been doing this. Christians have been doing this for a long time. Mm -hmm. Right. And actually has a, you know, deep roots in the Christian tradition, um, sort of um, got lost a little bit in the Reformation, uh, but has deep roots in England. Um, Thomas Cramner made sure to write in the, the uh, revised Benedictine um, monastic offices into our own morning and evening prayer. So we have a long history of it. And people have been doing something uh, along these lines for a, a long time. So that should be some, some comfort. Yeah, that is comfort that there's a great <laughs> cloud of witnesses who are right. a little bit timid about this as well, um, but still entered into it. Yeah, so the key components of something like centering prayer, um, what would you boil it down to? So um, there are, so I'll start with Thomas Keating. So Thomas Keating was a Benedictine monk who really popularized centering prayer in uh, the 1960s and beyond. And he has sort of four guidelines that uh, people, he says, suggest people should use. So the first is to um, choose a, um, a centering word, uh, choose a sacred word that will help you stay centered throughout. And the word is a symbol, supposed to be a symbol of your intention to consent to God's uh, will and action. Um, you, choose, you choose this word, it can be anything like love, peace, justice, anything that sort of helps you come back. And it has two um, sort of functions. One is um, to give you um, a word to focus on, a concept to focus on. And it also helps you come back to that, to that word when you get knocked off, because you will get knocked mm -hmm. off <laughs> because we're thinking beings and thoughts constantly come into our heads. Um, and so coming back to that word uh, is, uh, is very helpful. I have to be honest, sometimes I don't do that. Sometimes I, I choose just to try to be in the empty space without the word. Um, and that's, that's, that's been a, a journey, but the word is very useful. Um, and the, sec the second guideline is to sit comfortably, sit with your eyes closed. Uh, it doesn't really matter where you can sit on a couch or a chair or, um, or on the floor. Um, settle in, um, choose your word if you're going to use a word. Uh, and get sort of get ready. So some people light a candle. Um, some people have a bell uh, to sort of mark the, the start of the centering prayer. Um, the third guideline, and it, this is a challenge. It takes a lot of time. But when you become aware of those thoughts that come in, to return to either your word or or to the to the um, emptiness that's there. And it's you really need to do it gently. Mm -hmm. yourself right or you get you get you can knock yourself off even with that right you think well I'm a terrible prayer prayer <laughs> yeah making making judgments absolutely yeah. those yeah. are those thoughts that are coming that are coming back um Keating has an analogy that's been useful for me and it's it's a bit funny but um he talks about thinking of your thoughts as being on a boat and as they come into your head you sort of just nudge them out to sea hmm there they go up how to see. And the fourth guideline, fourth and last guideline is to remain silent at the end of the prayer for a few minutes with your eyes closed. And we do a, a sort of a different version, um, or I do, and at, at St. John's, we do a, a bit of a different version where we uh, end with reciting the Lord's Prayer together. Okay. 
So there's these four steps. Um, it strikes me that there's like a beginning, a middle and an end. And particularly when you're talking about um, how, how centering prayer, like the focus is really important and being present is really important. Um, I, I think like having that kind of predictability of there's a beginning and a middle and an end uh, to this time can, can help to sort of center in the moment. Um, yeah. And, and that, that's a, that's a keating thing, the nudging the thoughts out to sea. Is that what that is? Yeah, exactly. The, the yeah. boat just kind of gently pushing it out. Just out. gently pushing it out to yeah. see. Yeah. Well, good. Um, I wonder um, how you first came to practice this kind of prayer. Yeah, so there's, excuse me, um, at St. John's, there's been a long history of centering prayer, actually. So I, I don't know when the first workshop was, but Luis Leon, our former rector, brought in Tom Ward to do centering prayer workshops. Um, he, uh, Tom Ward is an Episcopal priest and he was a chaplain at Swanee and um, an expert in centering prayer. And in these workshops, he would use these series of videos uh, by uh, Thomas Keating. Mm -hmm. The first one I ever attended was, um, I think in 2012, um, but I think that there had been some that, that went back bef before that. Um, over the years, there've been a number of groups that have done Centric Prayer at St. John's. They have often happened around Lent and sort of been sort of time bound. Um, some have tried to you know, continue beyond Lent. There've been sort of starts and stops, frankly. Um, our former assistant rector, Mike Angel, was really, really um, uh, involved in um, beginning a century prayer group that went on for, for many years. It was led by um, different parishioners, including myself and uh, Leah Prophet and um, Carolina Arias. So people, people who've, who are still around who have done this. Um, yeah, so that's, that's how, I, how I came to it. It was just introduced through these, these workshops that you first did. And, and what was um, exciting, I think, in the beginning? What was exciting to you about it? For me, it was, um, well, part of it was, a, it was a program and quite frankly, getting to know other people at St. John's who had sort of a, an inclination to find out what the Centering Prayer was about. Mm -hmm. and it was about sort of building that, that community. Um, I think the, the, um, the focus and the, and the silence is something I was craving in my life at the time. I mean, I have a typical Washington DC career mm -hmm. that's insane. And, uh, and so to get out of the um, sort of the busyness that was ha happening everywhere uh, was really enticing. Um, and so we, so, so we had a group that went for a long time met at, I think it was Wednesdays, Wednesdays or Tuesdays, it's like 6.30 at St. John's and just to be able to walk from work into this um, sanctuary, it was in the parish house, but into this sanctuary of folks who were doing centering prayer was, was really wonderful. Yeah, so it was um, finding this space that you could, you could be present um, that was away from all of this busyness and, and, and perhaps as you were talking about knowing, you know, you think about um, in work or, or business or whatever is going on, you know, like you have to know the facts and the details um, very quickly. And 
knowing um, through this empty space that requires a kind of both humility and I guess curiosity, right? Like you have to be kind of, you have to be kind of open to like enter into something that the structure is a little bit different, you know, um, especially for, you know, people who um, have a prayer book, right? Like are used to, are you, you know, you know what's coming, right? Like, yeah. And, and for this to, um, both be evoking sort of some sentiments in the prayer book, like you were saying before, um, as well as creating more space. Um, yeah, I, I just think that that word curiosity is exactly right. So having this sense of what might come, sort of um, not knowing and uh, maybe a sense of even anticipation, which is a great anticipation around around advent right yes the patient of what might come out of this this silence with god yeah and um when you like evoke like advent anticipation you know i think about um the difference between that kind of hopeful waiting in the midst of darkness um as opposed to <laughs> i mean so much of the i don't even know if it's really anticipation um if that's even a good word, but you know, like just the anxiety of what is coming, what is it going to be like? What do I need to do? You know, um, and especially at, at times, you know, when the future is not exactly clear, um, <laughs> uh, learning to be able to wait um, very present in the unknowing and darkness um, with a, I don't know, advent anticipation yeah. and openness of curiosity. Um, seems like a really uh, important, um, I don't know, art to develop, like discipline, art, um, uh, a kind of trust that you can be present and not exactly know what's going to happen. Um, and you can be um, present. Uh, even even if you don't sort of know exactly what what's coming, right? Yeah, um, yeah, and you can be and and you're present with God, so uh, God, God is there, right? And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I I sometimes think of anxiety and anticipation as two sides of of a coin. Um, and if you can work on sort of flipping that coin and knowing that God is there with you, abiding, mm -hmm. uh, that you can move from anxiety to anticipation. Oh, that's really, that's really helpful, right? Like if, and, and especially like your image of this God that abides with us. Um, and then it, part of the response is like us learning to abide with God in a sense um, and learning to abide with one another in the way that God is abiding with us. If only we um, can welcome that, you know, can, can get in a place where we can see that. Um, yeah, that's really helpful, the two, two sides of a coin. Um, yeah, something else when you describe these four steps that, uh, especially the beginning, reminds me a lot of, like, I've done a lot of godly play, especially with, you know, children, but I've done godly play with uh, adults, with um, people with memory loss, and, and also adults with disabilities. Um, and uh, you know, mostly it, it often centers around like a biblical story. Um, sometimes there's other, right, like liturgical um, things that happen or a story of a saint or something. Um, 
but like so much goes into getting ready, like, like crossing the threshold, getting ready, like, and we'll like light a candle or something else. Um, because, uh, I think this is very like Montessori godly play-ish to, you know, say that like, um, you're, you're trying to welcome a mystery. You're trying to enter into a mystery. And if you go too quickly, um, and you're not ready to receive it, like you could walk right through it and not even realize, you know, the, the, the kind of mystery that's there. Um, so I, yeah, it it seems like a similar, I don't know, ethos or something. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Of being, being aware, right. Of being, taking that, whatever it is, whether it's silence or it's, um, or it's liturgy, or it's a preparation, right? Mm-hmm. Preparing yourself to, to be present to what, what comes from God. Mm-hmm. The preparation itself, yeah, yeah is really matters. Um, yeah. In fact, that's interesting because um, sometimes I feel like centering prayer is a preparation for me for other things I'm doing, right? So it centers me and allows me to, not just in those 20 minutes of, of silence, but in the rest of the day to, um, to allow other things to, to come in that I might not have slowed down to see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that strikes me as both, you know, maybe just tasks that need to be done, but um, I can think of, you know, like relationships that we come to people who we're close to, or, you know, just people you work with or whatever, um, how so often the knowing is, um, you know, you know about them or facts or information, or, you know, how they can, and then certainly, you know, like in DC culture, like, okay, what networking can you get me to? Like, how can this person help? How do I know, you know, I know you. Um, but it, it seems like if in fact, um, God knows us, through abiding with us and um, that, that there's some other way of knowing other people even mm. um, that, that God abides with them through us and with, with us through them in some way. Um, and it's interesting to me that um, you practice centering prayer in community and I wonder uh, the difference you think, um, can you practice centering prayer on your own? Um, what is the difference in practicing in community? Yeah, I think first, I think you absolutely can do it on, on your own, but I do think it is different in community. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think it, it's funny because, you know, we meet at 7.30 on Wednesdays and we have very little social interaction, but I feel very close to the people who come. Huh. And, um, because we sit there together and we, we pray for 20 minutes. And we have a little bit of um, uh, saying hello to each other in the beginning, and then we pray um, a written prayer, and then 20 minutes together online in our own homes, um, but, but we're together. And it's interesting, it's kind of, a, um, you know, often um, Matthew 6, 6 is invoked when they talk about, people talk about century prayer, where she says, if you, if you want to pray, um, enter into your room, close the door, and pray to your father in secret, and your father will see you and reward you. And I think that's absolutely true. Um, and that's why I think you can do it alone. And I think that that's a good analogy. But um, but doing it in community sort of um, adds adds a whole other other layer to 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 it to to praying with 
with folks. And it's interesting because I don't think it's really diminished via Zoom. Like everything else, we've just figured out how to how to work with it. Mm -hmm. um, and quite frankly, on a, on a logistics note, <laughs> it's made it a lot easier. When we tried centering prayer groups before at St. John's, that was always the challenge. When are we going to meet? When is parking mm -hmm. uh, available downtown? What night of the week is better? What committee is working when? And now yeah, we just go ahead <laughs> and hit the Zoom link uh, and you're connected with the folks who you're praying with that morning. Yeah, 7.30 on a Wednesday morning to have yeah. a, yeah, a, an experience of prayer where you're praying together. Um, and and I guess um, posturing yourself like in a similar way to one another and to God. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I wonder if you would um, sort of lead us through maybe a minute long uh, of what centering prayer would be like um, for for someone who's never really done it or experienced it before. Absolutely. So um, I, I should say this, if you're listening to this and you're driving, don't do this <laughs> later. <laughs> Stop the tape. <laughs> right. Hit, hit, hit uh, pause and pick this up later. Um, it's relatively simple, but but thank you. I think this is a, um, a, a good idea to just get a, a flavor for it. So I'll, I'll begin us with, with prayer and then, um, and then we'll just spend a, a minute in silence um, and, 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 and then come back. And I would like to say that um, we should remember as we do this to try to let, not try, sorry, let go of all of our thoughts. Um, and when they do come back in, um, regardless of, of, the, of the content, just direct them back out and come back to the, the silence um, and the thoughts will come. So maybe if we, we start, if we choose a, a sacred word, and again, that word is there um, to help us center and focus on that concept and also to help us um, recenter when the, when the thoughts come back in. Um, so let's start with uh, a little bit of prayer. Um, the Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray, dear God, be with us in this moment of silence as we um, still ourselves and abide with you. And as we come to the end of our minute of um, silent prayer, ask again God to be with us and help us throughout the day to come back to that silence and come back to that knowing of you in the silence. Amen. Amen. Oh, even that one minute. Um, yeah, it felt felt long. <laughs> like like certainly not enough. Um, silence in the uh, we're recording this in the middle of the day um, right. Right. But yeah um it's um i would say you know it the the silence is is can be wonderful and refreshing and um and just kind of you can sit with it and then there are days when it is difficult mm -hmm. uh, to, to to be there 
Um, and and that's that's part of the you know the de your developing practice. But of course, developing is not always a straight line. You sometimes come back and you'll have those days that aren't aren't so perfect. Um, but I will say the practice as a whole uh, really really has helped me again to be centered both in that moment and then throughout the day and with with other people. Mm -hmm. I wonder. Um, it seems like. I'm coming back to like how difficult it can be to get ready for this, you know, like that's, I think that's probably the hardest thing I'm imagining, you know, praying at 7.30 and I just don't imagine that I would be ready. Um, I'm wondering like, so, so the second part, you know, like sit comfortably, get ready. I wonder if there are any other ways, um, that you sort of prepare yourself to enter into this or um, something, you know, like even if my mind feels fairly clear and I'm ready to enter into it, you know, there could be tension somewhere else in my body, you know, like so, so often like there's, there's something else left there from um, whatever has just happened or the weather or, you know, uh, whatever's gone on. And um, yeah, I'm wondering if like you've ever had experiences of just not, yeah, how do you physically get ready um, for, for this? Well, again, there are some, some uh, preparations I think you could do with your space. That's helpful. Uh, again, lighting a candle, having a bell, something that Sort of signifies you're going over a threshold from life into this 20 minutes of, of silent prayer. I think uh, I think those things are helpful. Um, uh, um, spoken prayer at the beginning also is helpful, right? So to um, set the, the stage and the intention of this is what we're we're about to do, and this is uh, why we're doing it, or something that that moves from um, from that spoken prayer into the, the silent prayer. And then and then I hate to call it, I don't want to call it work, but there is there is there are things you need to do when you're praying silently to um, come back to that word or come back to that mm -hmm. silence and that emptiness because you will have bad days, you will have days that are, are more difficult where it's where it's hard to stay in that silence where you might pick up your phone and say, I've literally only sat here for five minutes. And I'm ready to go, <laughs> right? Um, and I think part of that is practicing to um, come back to, to your center and come back, coming and, and to learn to come back to God. And it will happen. And knowing that it will happen and being gentle with yourself and gentle with those thoughts and pushing them and back out to sea. Mm -hmm. Learning. Learning. Yes, it is a practice that you learn to do. That's right. That's right. 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 Like, like it's um, you know, it's not sort of I'm gonna have a whim where I feel particularly uh, ready. You know, where I feel particularly um, at peace. You know, because I've um, because I'm in a relaxed state or whatever. Um, but it seems, and then I do this. You know, as on a whim or something, but it seems like this is not necessarily um, 
that you have to feel a certain way in order to practice it. Like, it sounds like what you're talking about is you learn it's a discipline, you know, much like fitness or, or anything else, you know, like perhaps the muscles that you work, like are not very good at first, you know, like you're, you're yeah. working, you're like, you're working weaker, weaker muscles for like lack of a better analogy. Well, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And that this sort of like discipline um, that you kind of come back to um, builds like, like, I, I guess the image that's coming to mind right now is like, you're digging a well, right? Like you're digging a deeper and deeper well, um, from which like water will come from which like life will come. Um, and there's a lot of work and discomfort, I guess, um, in digging that well, um, and settling into this. I, I think that's that's absolutely right. And those bad days are part of that work. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, continuing to come back to center, even if it's over and over again. And I think if you spend 20 minutes doing this and you get 20 seconds of actual time when you are centered, I think it's worth it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that time will continue to grow. I think when you're having a really good day and feeling uh, at peace, it's Probably you may not need centering prayer as much as you would on a on a really bad day. That may be the day that you really need to sit and, and get centered and to, and to focus. Um, and, and then of course the point is um, not to necessarily become really good at centering prayer, right? Um, although I you know I must admit, being a you know a DC person who's fairly competitive, at some point I was like I'm just going to get really good at this. <laughs> You will master prayer and I then follow the four steps. <laughs> and then, you know, like, like the degree that I was awarded, I have mastered the divine. There you go. There you go. And <laughs> finally uh, mastered God. <laughs> and it doesn't work. In fact, it's almost the opposite, right? Because you have to let go of those notions to be uh -huh. able to be centered. So. Yeah. It's not this mastery. Um, it's this curiosity, humility. Right. Yeah. Um, present discipline yeah. yeah yeah absolutely in fact that that drive for for mastery is just as um as uh likely to knock you off center as beating yourself up for not being good at it ah uh, yeah the other side yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, well this is this has been really eye-opening for me um thinking about um kind of cultivating this kind of a discipline and uh, how much it relates to um, a God who abides with us and and calls us to abide with one another and and wants to abide with others through us um, and with us through others if if we're able to show up and be present enough to it you know to the joy and the sorrow and just confusion or you know absurdity or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And meeting us with with the sense of hope and anticipation, also. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like like children, you know, in a sense, you know, like I mean, we have to enter the kingdom of God, not like masters, right? Like we have to enter the kingdom of God like a child, and absolutely. Yeah, and perhaps you know, centering prayer is one way that we learn how to do that. 
I, I, th I think that's exactly right. And you get, you can let go of a lot of those things that you thought you knew and, and really come to face the things that you don't know and being curious and comfortable with not knowing. Curious and comfortable with not knowing. Ooh, <laughs> that's, that's very daunting. Um, and, and, and seems right. You know, it, it seems, it seems right. Um, so in closing, if you only had one word to describe what centering prayer means to you, do you have one word? I would say communion. Communion. Yeah, communion with God. I actually, when I thought about this word, I thought, am I stretching? Is it centering? Is it abiding? But I really think that that's the word. If I had one word, that's what it is, is being there with God in communion. Hmm. Communion. Yeah, what a great word. Well, Tom, thanks for... Thank you. Can I plug 7.30 Wednesdays? Yes, yes. Give your, give your spiel. You can go on the website, send, send a, a message, and I'll send you the Zoom link. And anyone, any level of experience is, is welcome to join. No masters needed. No masters needed. <laughs> Actually, curiosity is the only thing. Yeah. One of, one of the things we need. Well, great. Well, thanks so much for being here. And I hope people will um, take you up on your offer and tune in on Wednesday mornings. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Savannah.